need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Fessa, do you have the TV running in the background? Are you constantly scrolling through the news apps on your phone? Well, it's time to turn it off and tune in to Polly Campbell's Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell's Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and live the lives we want to live. And last week, I was stuck in the cycle. I rarely turn on the television news. But last week, everything I looked at, whether it was on TV or on my my smartphone screen or on the internet when I was working, working with air quotes, working, came pictures of the Hurricane Ian, right? and the damage that was done in Fort Myers and Cuba and other parts and other places. And I couldn't look away. These boats had been taken up out of the ocean and plopped right on Main Street and sharks were swimming down the roads. And I found myself gripped by the photos long after, long after there was any new news right? It, it was kind of running in the background. And that's rare for me. When our daughter was born, we decided right away to turn off the television news. I didn't want her hearing it or seeing pictures or getting curious about it. And I've always been, because my background is in newspaper, maybe I really like newspaper news. So I've always been a big news reader. Um, I'll go to reputable sites online, or I'll pull up the New York Times on my phone. And that's where I've gotten my news. But these pictures on the videos on the internet and the the TV news really captivated me. And it reminded me of what I've known for a long time, that once we are invested in that, once we are sucked into that, it's very hard to turn it off and get away from that kind of news coverage. So I think we have an interesting challenge in this modern world, right? How to stay informed and up to date so that we can uh, have a smart vote in the election, so that we can um, be activists toward the causes we care about, so that we can help when needed, so that we know what's going on in our neighborhoods and our communities and our countries. But we also need to take care of our mental health because for all the good that the news does to inform us and keep us updated so we can take a positive action to help as needed or to respond in a a positive way, it can also cut us down and hold us back and leave us mentally ill and physically ill. And that's what we're going to talk about today because, you know, when we are faced with these natural disasters in particular, because I'm thinking about the hurricane and the things that have been going on. But you can talk about the January 6th insurrection 
You can go all the way back to 9-11 or a car accident that you pass on the street. When a disaster or drama enters our awareness in that way, um, it becomes pretty compelling. And there are some reasons for that. It's part of our evolution. It stimulates our brain in a way, our amygdala, if you want to be specific. And that's a part of our brain that is responsible for our emotions and our memory and learning and also our survival techniques, right? So when our brain is activated, when the amygdala is activated by these um, dramatic scenes, car accidents or hurricanes or war tragedies, the things playing on through television video most often, then we go to work. Our brain unconsciously begins analyzing and interpreting what we're seeing. It takes in the information and then sends messages right back out to us so we know how to process what we're seeing. And the first thing it does is look at this video and say, hey, are you in, under threat? Are you in trouble? I'm seeing these pictures. This looks really scary. Are you okay? Are you safe? And then our fight or flight response goes through all these scenarios, evaluating the data, so then our bodies and our thoughts can respond, okay? Eventually, we, and, and pretty quickly, because our brains are amazing, it, we arrive back at the standpoint that, oh, okay, this is on TV. This is something that's happening in the global world, but it's not an immediate risk to me. I'm not under threat. I'm not going to be harmed right now by watching this. And then it becomes interesting because once we know we're not in danger, we become intrigued. This is what I call being sucked in, right? Because I can feel it happening for me. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is awful. This makes me sick to watch. Oh, but I wonder what would happen if I were faced with that situation. I wonder how I would cope with this. I wonder how I would survive. That's the next place our brains go. And this is intriguing to the human animal. We like this. We like the sensation and the puzzling and the experience of, of playing what if and overcoming those situations and threats without ever really being in danger. We get to ask the questions of what I do in this situation. Now, that has some good benefits, right? Because of our negativity bias, we've talked about it here on the show, we tend to gravitate more toward the negative information of events. And that helps us go through these questions so that if we are ever facing our own negative or traumatic event, even if it's not the same thing, but we are able to work through some of those questions before we're in that jeopardy. It gives us a sense of how we would respond. And that helps us feel like we're surviving a little more secure, right? But it also does something else. And this is what I'm more concerned about. Because in that blip where we see the hurricane or the fire or the car accident or the war-torn countries, and we're devastated by that, and we go through and we recognize we're not under personal threat in that moment, then we can think about that and process that a little bit and think, oh, but if I was, how would I do this? Or how can I help these people? And, and that builds empathy, right? 
I can watch and look at newsreels, the videos, and feel great empathy for the people who are experiencing that, though I've never been in war. And that's a good thing because that's how we motivate people to help. That's how we connect and come together. But the challenge is then, most of us have a very hard time of turning off the scene after that. Many people, especially today in in the modern world, run the TV constantly in the background, right? And and you've got the, the scrolling on the bottom of the screen of breaking news, and you've got the constant videos of terrible weather and terrible devastation and all this bad news because the videos are really dramatic and they're compelling to look at. But it's often much of the same thing all day long. And yet we do not turn it off. So once our brain has gone through all the process of fight or flight, we end up stuck in the scenario that we're not even living. And that becomes a real problem. The ability to empathize is important. Obviously, it's part of being human and it's how we can make lasting change in the world, right? When we see ourselves reflected in a news story, even if we're not there, we feel for the people there. And often that causes us to donate money or make a difference in our own neighborhood or take positive action. But it can also have serious health repercussions for those of us watching, according to Dr. Renee Carr and a study published by the American Psychological Association. The more alike we are to the victims of the disaster that we're watching on TV, the more likely we will be to experience anxiety and fear and trauma, physical complaints, physical illnesses, lack of productivity and motivation. We're at higher risk for depression. When we see ourselves reflected in a news story and we continue to watch that news unfold in real time by video or tape, we begin taking on the ailments that can keep us from taking positive action and even coping with a disaster that we're not even a central part of. So there's a line between empathy and and feeling for people and using that emotion to take positive action to help improve the situation and being really, really sick. And the line is turning off the news right? But that can be hard to do, especially if you're linked in, if, if news is an addiction for you, which it is for many people. Screen time is an addiction for many of us now. And there are other things to do instead. I'm not talking about being misinformed or uninformed. I'm talking about generating and living with some of the self-awareness so that not only can you take in the information, but you can use it effectively to improve the lives for yourself and your family and all of us. And we're going to get into how we can do that right after this on Polly Campbell Simply Said, part of the best business network of Electrocast. And we're back. This is Polly Campbell and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. The podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy on the best business network of Electrocast. And today we're talking about coping with the news cycle. 
about turning off the television news after we've got the information we need. So many times we're getting caught up in this 24-hour-a-day news cycle when all we have to do is flip the switch. But that can be hard to do for some of us at some times, right? I got caught up in the recent hurricane coverage, even though many of the things I was watching were the same thing on repeat over and over and over the same pictures. And instead of feeling more informed when I turned that off, I felt worse about the world and myself. I felt sick, okay? So there's a balance here. We know, research tells us that when we witness a news event, we often feel more empathetic. After our brain goes through the cycle that I talked about earlier in the show, where we recognize that we're not in immediate threat, These pictures don't apply to us in that way. Then we can begin evaluating how we would cope ourselves, some of the decisions we would make, and ultimately feel empathy for the people going through it. And and that can be a good thing, right? It can connect us. It can uh, motivate us to reach out, to donate, to help others until it doesn't. Because too much news, too much of these natural disasters and devastating videos that are constantly cycling through can also cause us, the viewer, to experience mental illness and physical illness if we don't turn it off. The barrage of bad news puts us in a constant state of high alert. And that can lead to stress and anxiety and health issues, especially for those of us with an obsessive urge to check the news. Now, I would say this is not my deal. I don't have an obsessive urge. I do have an obsessive urge to solve Wordle um, and to check the weather. So I don't know what that says about me, but but I'm not a 24-hour-a-day news girl most times because it didn't work for me. I was feeling so much stress and anxiety at the end of the day that it was counterproductive. The information I was receiving could not overcome, the benefits of the information I was receiving could not overcome the way I felt and the hopelessness and uh, negativity and stress that I was experienced by watching too much news. When our daughter was born, we turned it off altogether during the times that uh, she was around, which was all the time, because I didn't want her exposed to it until she had the skills to process and manage the emotions and her own critical thinking about it. And it just never went back on. Does that mean I'm not informed? No. I read online newspapers, physical papers. I read all kinds of stuff. I go to reputable sites. I've weaned myself off a bunch of stuff that I knew was not presenting a balanced picture because I want the information. Now, if I want to get fired up, I'll watch a a reel on Instagram or check out what my daughter's looking at at TikTok or whatever else for the cute animal videos, right? I'm not saying I'm not consuming media, but I no longer have the news on in my house because I found that it was destructive to my health and well-being. And without our health and well-being, when we don't feel good, when we feel sick, then it's counterproductive. It doesn't matter how much information you have if you can't use it to make things better in your own life and the lives of the rest of the world, 
right? I don't want to just know the stuff. I want to know how to process it and work with it. And I feel like I can make the biggest impact through this podcast, through the books I'm writing, through the uh, substack.com newsletter I'm doing to give people information and hopefully some entertainment that they can use if they choose to make their lives a little better. And when we are at the top of our game that way, when we are healthy and well mentally and physically, that's when we can make the biggest difference for the people in our families and our communities and our schools and our world. So I can't get bogged down by the news or anything else because that does not help me be productive and that does not make me a problem solver, okay? The research is really compelling. Of 1,100 people surveyed, 16.5% of them became so immersed in the news when the television was on that it dominates most of their waking thoughts and disrupted their focus on school and work, limited their productivity and motivation, and hurt and limited the time they spent with family and friends. So they were so sucked in by the news cycle that they were not doing the other things they needed to cope with it and to make a difference in the world. Of those people, more than 75% said their mental well-being suffered and that they also felt physically ill after watching all that news. The difference is clear. Of those people who did not have a news addiction, they were informed but not watching around the clock, only 8% complained of the same kind of physical stresses and, and mental ailments that those who watch the news around the clock. So that's a big difference. Okay, let's get to it. How can we stay informed and stay well? Curate your news, set limits, choose two or three places to get your news and limit what you take into those places. Read the New York Times, your local newspaper. I, I read the local newspaper for what's happening in our schools and I love that because there's cheery stories about the good things the people in my community are doing as well as the legislation passed and so forth, things that I need to be aware of. I'll read the New York Times about uh, you know the Russian invasion of Ukraine and I'll scan other stories about human rights violations and war, alleged war crimes. I want to know what's going on in current events, but I will not go into detail for all the news stories on human rights violations. I know it's happening. I am doing things in my own life to uh, fight that, but I don't need every detail about it because I find I can't let that go. The same with animal abuse. It's obviously a terrible thing that happens and it's something that I want to fight against or to speak out against, but I don't need every detail of every animal to remind me that it's happening because that doesn't prompt me to take action. That prompts me to feel crappy and sick and scared and upset for days. I don't want that in my life. So curate your news, set limits on what you take in, what you read, what you watch. But even within that, know what you need, go get that information and know what isn't good for you. I can feel it in my body. So there are certain things I scan to update myself on, but I don't read in detail. Choose the media that allows you to live the healthiest life. I don't watch television news. I look at our state paper online or uh, on paper. I read lots of studies and reports and journals for my work on a whole number of things. So that's something else I take in. 
but I'm very clear about what makes me feel good. And those are the things that give me the information and also the option. I'm always looking for that little box that says how you can help, where to give money, who to talk to about this, right? And when it feels like too much, that's when I take action. If I'm feeling crushed by the news or unable to manage the information I'm taking in in a healthy way, then I get what I need from the media, I put it down, and I take one positive action. I look to donate and help people or protest and leave things better. And that's a very physical thing for me. I will send out a check that day, or I will have a conversation with my daughter that day that I hope will keep her safe. Because I don't want to use the news to make me impotent or leave me feeling helpless. There's a lot we can't control, but there's a lot of things we can do to make a difference in the world. And the news can inform us and teach us and allow us space to make the difference if we use it the right way. So when I'm feeling crushed and hopeless or pessimistic, that's when I step into the next right action. I will talk to a friend about it, share my views. I will donate money to the cause. I will serve on a committee. I will discuss it with my daughter and teach her a better way. Whatever it is, I want to become a helper. And that's very important to my mental health, me personally. It allows me to carry the weight of what's going on in the world without being overrun by it. And then I think it's very important to change the mood. You know, we need to be able to shift from the sense of overwhelm and anger and helplessness that is not uncommon to feel after we read about the heartache in the world. But we need to go from those emotions and moods to something better, to break the feelings left by the bad news. And the way to do that is to go for a quick walk outside or turn on energetic music. Find something to be grateful for. I'm big with my gratitude practice so that I don't get stuck in that place. It doesn't mean that I'm disregarding or suppressing those feelings or the empathy I'm experiencing for others in the world. We can hold it all at the same time, but often because of our negativity bias, we get caught up in the bad news only. And we forget that right in the middle of the bad news, there are also miracles happening, amazing things happening, amazing people doing great things in the world. So when I'm feeling overloaded by the the bad news coming out, I go looking intentionally for the good news and remind myself that it is also there. We can hold both of those things at the same time. Humans are complex and it's okay to feel empathy and sadness and anger and also experience gratitude and love and motivation and curiosity and joy. If you're not balancing those two things, it could be you have too much news running through the background of your life. Turn off the TV. That's the biggest stress for people. Those videos flying in the back of the screen while we're doing other things even. Turn off the TV. Curate your news. Choose to be informed in a way that provides you the information you need to make a difference in the world so you're not crushed by what you're learning. You can do that. It's about choosing the media you take in, the hours you take in, and the actions you take after you receive that information. I write about this at psychologytoday.com, and you can find more information about this topic and the studies I cite here in this podcast there. Go to psychologytoday.com. The title is Excessive News Consumption May Harm Mental and Physical 
health. Break the news cycle before it breaks you. So you can look that up. Just search, go to psychology.com, search for excessive news and look for my name. It's under my column, Imperfect Spirituality. You can find it there. And there's some tips in there and also attribution for the research that I cite in this podcast and there. And these are the things I'm working on in my life. If you want to find out how this stuff plays out, you can also join my community at polycampbell.substack.com where we talk through these things. I go behind the scenes a little bit with personal essays and share how these things work out in my life. And you can also link to my podcast and other things from that site or find me at polycampbell.com. I think we can do this and I think it makes a difference. When we live our best lives, then we can help others. We have more to give and that will help us all live well, do good and be happy. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.